You're listening to the best of the Tom Bernard Show.com, brought to you by Bradshaw and Bryant. Who, me? <laughs> so I'd like to know if I was married to a whore piece of shit. <laughs> you could just look at her license. My. Special stripe. That was amazing. Oh my gosh. Coming by sweet corn, potatoes, onions, pickles. It's not how you use them, sir. <laughs> it's really sickening that anybody would be into radio this much. It is ungoddamn believable. I think I'm going to hell. I just realized it. Thank you, Tom. You're just delicious. <laughs> We're here today with Michael Bryant, Brad Sean Bryant. Michael, what's going on? You know, we keep getting phone calls, and it's interesting because people try to handle a lot of stuff on their own, or they try to talk to the adjusters, or they wait, um, and they think maybe it'll cost them money if they talk to me. And, you know, we tell them it's free to talk to us. Um, I go through what their rights are and, you know, we try to help them as best we can. We don't sign everyone up. Sometimes I just give them advice and they go from there and then call us back later. But the key is, is that they don't know all their rights or they're not told all the rights by the adjuster. And that's one of the things we try to make sure that they get, you know, they get that understanding, uh, so they can help themselves and their families the best they can. And the number is? Is 800-770-7008. Or at the website, which is minnesotapersonalinjury.com. Brad, Sean, Bryant, Michael Bryant, thank you. Seeking justice for the injured. Brad, Sean, Bryant. Welcome back, everybody, to yet another episode of the Best of the Tom Bernard Podcast. Brought to you by Bradshaw and Bryant. Kicking off the show this week, we had Adam Hunter in studio. Talking boxing, UFC, other types of fighting. Next on The Best Of... Thousands of people who are listening, I'd like to ask your permission to talk now. Oh, it's okay. ridiculous. That first, the kid's first words is going to be me too. <laughs> yeah, me too. Yeah, exactly. like, or like, you know, change me too. <laughs> oh, man. Ridiculous. Uh, we were just talking during the break there. I was talking to Murray about this and the other thing, and heroin came up, and every time I hear that word, uh, I, I was a regional promotion guy for Capitol Records back in the late 70s, early 80s, <laughs> and James Brown was on Polydor Records at the time. I love James Brown. Absolutely love James Brown. But he put, he put out an album, and I don't know who at Polydor wasn't paying attention, but he uh, he wanted to make a statement about people getting off of drugs. So the godfather of soul, James Brown, puts out an album called King Heroin and how bad heroin is and blah, 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 right? So the album comes out. This is back in the vinyl days. The album comes out in there on the album. The full release, it says King Harryon. Oh, my God. <laughs> they misspelled yeah. the word heroin. That's awesome. Good for him. I like that. H-E-R-I-O-N. King Harryon. And only Persians bought it. I remember King Harryon. 
That's ridiculous. I love that stuff so much. I wonder where they got the name heroin from. I don't know, heroin. It's a strange word. It is. Well, you can find out. Because it, it, it used to be in a lot of things, wasn't it? I know cocaine was in things like Coca-Cola and all yep. that, but I don't know about heroin. Oh, yeah. Drugs in general weren't really illegal until like no. 1900-ish. Okay, California, it's not illegal. I mean, the California Ladies and gentlemen. is everywhere. Fellow everywhere. Lady Americans. Lady Americans. This is James Brown. Dang. I want to talk to you about one of our most deadly killers in the country today. I had a dream the other night, and I was sitting in my living room. Just dozed off to sleep, so I started dreaming. I dreamed I walked in a place, and I saw a real strange, weird object standing up talking to the people. And I Just found out it was hell. That deadly drug that go in your vein. He said, I came to this country without a passport. Jesus. Ever since then, I've been hunted and sold. This is before he shot the cop, right? <laughs> before he shot the exactly. Yeah. King Harry on right yep, there. Yeah. Still misspelled did, on this. Is it really still misspelled on there? I think That's his official phenomenal. name is probably King Harry on at this point. Oh, wow. God, it's still misspelled. That's phenomenal. It's better than Queen Harry on. That, yeah. that was a chick that never shaved. <laughs> <laughs> that is so wonderful that you could find King Harry on. I, I thought I was the only one in America left that knew about that. Wow. King Harry on. I'm going to talk to you about the most deadly person in the world. <laughs> I, he was so dramatic. He was the best. He was phenomenal. Do you know that his wife used to have to massage his legs eight to nine hours a day? Because he got to the age where he, he still wanted to do the splits. Ugh. But he couldn't do the splits at like 65 years old unless she massaged his legs for wow. eight or nine. Why don't you just like have a tendons cut or something? Yeah, why don't you? Was, it, was he married to a Japanese girl? Or, or no, like this? all white women. He always married white women. Oh, wow. He loved white women, which is fine. His business. He wants to feel good. I feel so, good. So he, he was the best in Rocky Four. He was unbelievable. When he came out with uh, Apollo, <laughs> that was the best. And then Apollo died like five minutes later. You're like, oh man. It's weird how many people remember Apollo Creed because oh, yeah. he was on screen. It's like Boba Fett. It's like, what did Boba Fett even do? He showed up and then died, but everyone remembers. <laughs> no, him. Apollo was huge in Rocky One and oh, Two. Yeah, I suppose in One, yeah. And, and then Three, he trained them. To, he took yeah. him. He took him to the hood. I never saw Three. Oh, three, as, as he took it. He took him to the streets. With Mr. T. Is that the um, one with the robot? No, no that was four. four. That was four. four. That, okay. was, that was Mr. No, T. Yeah. Mickey dies in three. That's why. Yeah, yeah. Saying. Mickey died because oh, uh, the Russian, oh. because what, uh, Mr. T killed him, basically, yeah. and they didn't even charge him with murder. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is so weird. Here's a guy. You ever met Mr. T? No. Great guy. <laughs> really? Oh, he's a really good guy. Was he on the label, too, the record label? No, he, oh. he just, I, I've interviewed him before. He, he got in a lot of trouble because he bought a house in this really upscale neighborhood, I think in Chicago. I think it was Chicago, Illinois, bought this really upscale house in an upscale neighborhood and decided to cut every tree down in his yard, which apparently was against city rules. No way. He cut down like 200 trees without asking anybody if that was all right. Oh, my God. <laughs> he, well, he, he was could so, sell the lumber and pay the fine with that. Yeah, that's right. right exactly. He's so funny on Howard Stern because like, he had cancer, yeah, and he's like, cancer right. can't beat my T-cells. You know, and yeah. he, like, he, how, did he cut, how did he cut down 200 trees? 
trees without anybody noticing. I, well, exactly. Come on now. He, he hired Adrian after he beat Rocky in the first he one. Punched <laughs> them all down. <laughs> he punched them all down. He walked up and punch him. Uh, and he went on, he was on Stern. He was like, "I'm a man of God." This and that. And people were calling in like, "Don't you have seven kids with like five different?" It was it was pretty funny, man. Different God. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> different God than you do. I love Mr. T. Uh, yeah, he was he I was great. Too. He was great. When he would he'd get that in the ring and go, "I got a lot of mo. I got a lot of mo." I love that so much. It's a different world. How much time do you spend? Uh, explain to people because everybody knows you from you know from doing comedy and all the rest of it. So, how, how, what's your involvement with the MMA? Uh, MMA, I've always been a fan. I wrestled in high school and college. Right. I coach wrestling, and then I, I was working with John Heffron. He was mm. writing the MMA awards show, and I was I was writing sketches for him. Right. And then a couple of the sketches kind of went viral, and then I ran into Dana White. At a um, at a casino, and I started telling him, "Hey, I wrote this this about talking about fighting," and then the UFC hired me to to roast fighters to I make videos yep. roasting fighters called MMA that. Roasted, yep. and I started a Twitter account called MMA Roasted, which is now up to like seventy five thousand people. Uh, and then at, when that that kind of blew up, and then Fox Sports hired me to um, do a podcast out of there, and then to make pretend I was fighters texting each other during fights called Text from Last Fight. So <laughs> right. so that was like a writing job I had, and then. I was writing the MMA awards, and I still am. Um, and a couple of the, the the videos I went went viral. I did this all right. about that cake video with Daniel right. Cormier going, "I'm all about that cake and chicken," and like just these funny like videos for fighters. And then Bellator hired me to make videos for them. So I just I just started getting a lot of fighters coming to my shows and roasting events. And I just it's kind of a cool little side gig, you know. It is. Um, That's terrific. Uh, so and I and I love actually I love watching the sport too. And then I became friends with a lot of the fighters. Oh, those people are and, and the fans of MMA UFC are really loyal. Oh, the, the, my such loyal. God, yeah, yeah. Are they loyal. Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. I mean, you have well, I, people like Joe Rogan know that. My God, they're just very, very loyal. Um, well, I mean, it, it, uh, you know Brian Callen, don't you? Yeah. yeah. I've known Brian for years and years and years, and he's working with uh, with an MMA guy. And their podcast, I, I, mean, I want to ask you about your podcast, but yeah, his their podcast is doing like 8 million downloads, a lot of downloads. Very loyal audience. Well, uh, tell me about your podcast. It's called MMA Roasted, and uh, I talk to fighters, interview fighters every week, and I have I got great co-hosts. I've got this guy, Eve Edwards, and Hanada Laranja, kind of, and... Uh, a bunch of fighters come on every week, and it's just it's a ton of fun, and uh, it's great. Everyone from Frankie Edgar to Channel Sonnen to you know Daniel Cormier to the the, the champions in every weight class, they all come on, and uh, it's just it's, it's a blast. I do it once a week. It's called MMA Roasted. You get it on SoundCloud. You can get it on Stitcher. You can get it on uh, I mean not SoundCloud. Yeah, SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes, Apple, all right. those. Yeah. So where do you do it? I do it out of my apartment now, out of my oh, house, cool. my house. I, 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 I've had like five different locations. You know how a podcast to yep, go. Yep. You go from here to there to there yep. to there. But We've had a, a few locations. Yeah, but it, it's, it's, it's very, you know, I definitely have like the most loyal fan base ever. And like, you know, I, like I'm, I'm going to be in Vegas yeah. at UFC Fight Week and uh, at the headline of the Stratosphere all that week, which is July 4th weekend. And they all come to the shows and it's great. No, they do. Seriously, <laughs> UFC fighters... Excuse me, fans of UFC and MMA fighters are really loyal people. They live that thing. I mean, they're not fighters themselves, but they live, kind of live for the sport. Yeah, absolutely. It's very cool. They're kind of like hockey fans. Why do you Why do you think that boxing allowed that to happen, man? They, boxing has been, you don't even hear about it anymore. Uh, you, you, do, you, you do hear about it, but... I think what happened with boxing was that when you had you had four different belts for each weight class, yep. and then you had yep. the best guys weren't fighting each other, yep. and then it became like you know the the, it, the good thing it's it's good and bad as far as MMA and the UFC. It's kind of 
Uh, they don't have a monopoly, but most of the best fighters in the world are under one umbrella. And that's really good because they'll fight each other. Right. You know, if more leagues is good sometimes for the fighters because then you can get more money. However, sometimes with that, then all of a sudden guys get greedy and everyone ha- and there's yeah. three. I mean, there's four different heavyweight champions right now. And four, right. And then people have these belts. You're like, well, why? How do you get that belt? How, and then, then it becomes meaningless. So that's you, the problem there. Do you think that Floyd Mayweather really hurt the sport too? Because he's never fought anybody in their prime in his life. I don't think he hurt the sport. Uh, I think his, you know, he definitely could have been. He's not that my kind of athlete. I mean, no. going to jail for beating up his baby exactly. mama and yeah. burning hundred dollar bills and throwing them at the camera and it's just not really. But when I met him, he was a real nice guy. But well, that's good. But yeah, that's not how I would have no. want. To, or I coach kids. I don't say that's not the guy you want to emulate. Right. I don't. Think, I don't think he hurt the sport. I just don't think he could have. I think there were a lot better ambassadors for the sport. Yeah. Than Mayweather. Okay. I think Sugar Ray Leonard was a better ambassador than. Sugar Ray Mayweather. Leonard was phenomenal. He really was. I mean, back in those days, yeah, boxing. Well, when I grew up. First of all, boxing, and for people who probably don't know this, and I'd ask you about the same thing about MMA and UFC. Boxing in America, it was the most recent group of immigrants coming to America would be all the boxers. For a while, you know, it was Irish people, it was Jews when they came, then it was Mexicans, I mean, uh, black people, whoever the, the, the newest immigrants were, were always the latest and greatest boxers. It was just a way to... I guess break out of poverty, become famous, make a lot of money. Is, is MMA and UFC like that as well? Yes. Um, well, yeah. the UFC being like the brand, maybe in the sport, but yes, there's a place in Dagestan, Russia, where like there's these amazing fighters come out of there because they don't have nothing else. And right. then, and right. also the government helps them out. If you're a fighter, you're treated like royalty over there. Okay. So that's also a big part of yeah, it. Yeah, huge part. Um, of it. But yes, I mean Brazil uh, has always been a hot spot oh, yeah. for just, um, but espe- but especially in Russia uh, and Brazil. But then you'll get guys that uh, I mean, you know, like a guy like Frankie Edgar who's a great fighter. He's from Tom's River, New Jersey, not the not the worst place in the world. Or you know, you got guys like uh, you know John Jones grew up in upstate New York. Was it the most? I mean, it was you know not it's not the Hamptons, but it's not like right, it's not right. Dagestan, you know. So. I mean, I, th- I think there's, uh, there's good athletes in everywhere, but yeah, when Conor McGregor was coming up, he was on food stamps um, right. when he kind of made his whole mark. Uh, and then if you, if you look, but then there are guys like Mighty Mouse Johnson coming from Seattle. That's not the worst spot. So, no. But yeah, there is some truth to it. And I think it's anything in life. It's The harder it is, the obstacle, the, the greater it is. It's not like, yeah. like Sinbad said, you're funniest when you're riding the bus. You know, so <laughs> well. That's I see that. That's a good point. Yeah, absolutely. Do you do you still see comics in the same vein? Because that was another job back in the day. It was a great way for people of all you know races, ethnicities, nationalities to break through and make a living. Because if you were funny, you're funny. People didn't care. Is it still like that in a way? Uh, as far as comedy goes, I mean, there's. You know, I'm like an old school throwback comic of like, I try to get up as much as possible, try to do at least 10 shows a week, mm. hone the craft, work on new stuff, right. ru- master the old stuff, work on the crowd work, and I, I really care about it. You know, the the problem sometimes with comedy becomes like, it's a business. So is, a yeah. lot of it is like, how many seats can you fill? Mm-hmm. So then you get the influence, and now with social media, it's helped and it's hurt. It's helped because yeah. you can... 
uh, you know, back in the day in the 80s or 90s, you had to go to the Montreal Comedy Festival and then be hopefully be seen by somebody. And then that person will put you on an audition to a network to put you on TV to be in front of people. And now you can sort of surpass all those people by doing it right. yourself on Instagram or YouTube or Vine. So that's, that's good in a way because, it, it, because it's, you're not relying on other people. However, just because you're good on Instagram does not mean you're a good comic. Uh, but yeah. but people go how many a lot of times bookers or club owners go yo he has how many he has four point seven million followers on Instagram yeah let's book him and right. then and then and then they throw him onto the comedy club and Whoops. they only have five minutes or ten minutes <laughs> and then all their fans come yeah. but then a lot of the people that aren't their fans show up they're like what the hell is this I have right. no idea who Whoa Betty is or whatever the hell is <laughs> that or, Whoa, Betty. That's or good. you know. Bad Barbie or those Catch Me Outside girls on stage, and catch people are like, people are like, "What is going on catch right me now?" Outside, how about that? And so, <laughs> so, so then it's like, like I'm never coming back here again. So yeah, right. the club owner did sell tickets. We have sold two drinks, but are those people going to come back? So they're, yep. they're doing it yep. for like the, like the quick hit, and it's sort of like how the UFC right now is putting in CM Punk. The, he, you know, right. he's got a fight coming up. Right. He doesn't deserve to be there. No, he's zero and one. He got beaten a minute, but they're like, well, maybe a lot of WWE fans will come back after they see Real Fighter. Right. It's like, come on. Like, nah, you're right. You're right. You have been a, a great guest. Always. I love interviewing you. You've got a lot to say, and you have a lot of knowledge in different areas. It's always great to see you. Thank you. Thanks for having me. You can follow me at, at Adam Comedian on Instagram or uh, Twitter. Yeah. Adam, Adam is at Rick Brown's House Comedy yes. tonight. Two shows, Monday night, two shows. Sunday, you are back on Tuesday and Wednesday, the, what is it, the 8th? The 23rd. The 22nd, 23rd? Yeah. Yep. With Jeremy Piven. So uh, maybe I'll see you uh, when you come back through in a couple of weeks. That'd be Thank great. Thank you. That'd be great. Thank you, sir. We'll be back, Tom Bernard Show. Best of the Tom Bernard Podcast. Hunter on the best of. Coming up next, we had comedian Ryan Stout in studio, and he talks about how not to make $80 billion. Next on the best of. Out in studio. He's at Acme tonight, tomorrow night, two shows. Matter of fact, 8 and 10.30 at Acme, one of the greatest uh, comedy clubs in the country. Lewis Lee, of course. The Godfather, Lewis Lee. Yeah, the Godfather, yeah. Lewis Lee. Andy, I want you to know something, that in the last 24 hours, I cannot tell you the number of people who said they're severely depressed, and some of them actually <laughs> teared up when you told them the results of, what is it, Ronald Wagner? That oh, is, the uh, Apple guy? Yeah. Is it Ronald Wagner? Is that his name? <clears throat> Do you know this story, right? I don't know this story. What oh, happened? Oh, God. Uh, was you I, might, you might was I on a crying. plane? What happened? <laughs> you might tear up. Ronald sure. Wayne. Ronald Wayne. There you go. Mm. 
Tell uh, tell Mr. Stout what Ronald Wayne did. I like how your voice went up. Go, go ahead and tell him. <laughs> go ahead and tell him. I'm going to sit here and watch oh, a little seriously, bit. Seriously, it's so depressing. It's unbelievable. <laughs> well, uh, in the 70s, he started working with Steve Jobs, and he founded Apple with him and Wozniak. Uh, and he got a 10% stake in Apple, which he then sold two weeks later for $800. Uh, the equivalent of a 10% stake in Apple today would be $80 billion. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so. The guy didn't know what he had. And he's no, still alive he sure and he's living not. in a trailer. He's living in a trailer park. house. Oh, is that true? Yep. He's living in a trailer park. Huh. Somehow he's still alive. He, huh. People have called me or come to me the other street and go, I literally started tearing up when Andy told yeah, that story. <laughs> among the worst decisions any human has ever made. <laughs> well, I don't know. I mean... Yeah, I mean, who knows? Who knows? Maybe he's very happy in his trailer. That was so great how you yeah. were trying to think of something worse that happened and you couldn't. Huh. Huh. Yeah, 80 billion, that's like, you know. Oh, Could have been 100 billion. <laughs> yeah, that's right. There you go. Could have been 100 billion. Dollars. Uh, $800. That's fascinating. Isn't that amazing it's that amazing. that happened? He said, though, and Andy did point this out, he said, with the facts where they were at the time, it was the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. And he's convinced of that. Uh, things being what they were then and what the facts were then, oh, that even, was the right decision. Even if you don't think Apple's going to make it, it's $800. You can gamble on yeah, that. Who cares? If you lose $800, it's not that big of a deal. I have $800 in Bitcoin right now. Well, and by go. the way, it is volatile and it is up and down. <laughs> yeah. And I got to tell you something, guys. The roller coaster is fun for me. Hell it is go. a lot of fun. Like, you put your money in blue chip stocks, and you just watch them slowly gain a little bit over yeah, time. Yep. In the past month, I've been up thousands of dollars. I've been up, I've been down thousands of dollars. <laughs> and and I'm just grabbing my chest, like squeezing stuff, yeah. going, oh, oh, this is terrible. It's but it's true. fun. It's fun. Yeah, I'll give you something to do. Yeah, it's only 800 bucks. 800 Who cares? Bucks, whatever, whatever works. But, <laughs> yeah, honestly, Andy, I cannot tell you how many people have talked to me about that. They're just they're, they were crushed. Think of the guy who went from eight hundred bucks to eighty billion in one just quick stroke of the pen. Yeah, he signed, he signed an agreement to sell it. Did it say who he sold it to? He just relinquished the stock back to. Oh, back to Wozniak. And, yeah. Uh, hmm. I mean, oh. technically, it wasn't a stock; it was a stake. It was a stake. Yes, because he he co-founded it. So huh. it was Wozniak. It was uh, what's his name again? Wayne Ronald Wayne. Yeah. Wozniak, Wayne, and and uh, and uh, Steve, Jobs. Steve Jobs. Yeah, hmm. I uh, there's a great Wozniak story. It's is um, Steve O. There's Steve O. from yeah Jackass from Jackass. On. Yeah, he was working on I don't know for some for some reason he was on a TV show or something with Steve Wozniak, and and Steve O. said I have to go on a trip, and my my laptop just died, and Wozniak goes well you know we can just run over to the Apple store and we'll get you a new one it'll be great it'll be fine. And so Steve-O, I think, assumed he was just going to give him a laptop. Yeah. Because they're, well, how much are they? Five, six, seven, eight hundred dollars something. Yeah, yeah, up to a thousand, twelve hundred, depending on what you get. Yeah. yeah. So while they're there, Wozniak says, <laughs> says to the cashier, um, just charge him my price. I'm a, I'm a, a member, what the hell ever you call it. Sure. Uh, right. You know, and the cashier didn't know who he was, had no idea who Steve Wozniak was. So he says, well, Mr. Wozniak, uh, if, you're, if you're one of our charter people, what's your number, your charter number? And he said, one. <laughs> <laughs> his, his member number was one. 
So, so the greatest thing about it is Steve-O says, so I got the laptop for, you know, it was like $950. Yeah. You thought he was going to get it for free. But yeah. No, nah, we don't do that. Your we charter say, number gets you $50 off. <laughs> it gets yeah. you like 50 bucks off. That's about And Steve-O's it. trying to dig through his wallet for an old college ID <laughs> to be like, college students get $100 off, right? Yeah, right, exactly. This is, this is still good. I would get more money off if I didn't use your number one. I love that. What's your, what's your member number? One. One. I was the first member. Okay, so you studied poetry in college. I did. Um, it was, uh, you know how life teaches you lessons? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, I was a young man who was going to do stand-up comedy every single night in San Francisco. Right. And I thought, you know what? I need a nice, easy major. Something that uh, yeah. I can write a poem. They're not going to be able to tell me it's not poetic. Yeah, so, this so you is going to be Texas easy. To San Francisco to go to college, uh, specifically to do stand up, and I just ended up going, and to, ended college up going to college. Anyway, um, okay. I went to I went to a school where you didn't have to be that smart because I was like, yeah, I'm not going to have a lot of time for this. <laughs> um, and I had teachers warn me; they were like, if you thought creative writing was just going to be some easy major, um, I, you know, you're going to be real surprised. And I just young and cocky, going, yeah, we'll yeah. see, we'll see, <laughs> we'll see how that out. is. And uh, sure enough. You know, they're, they're saying, write a poem and turn it in. And I go, all right, I'll throw some words together. And I turn it in and then write another poem, turn it in. Okay, here you go. And then at the end of the semester, they're like, we've been talking about poetry all semester. So take one of your poems that you wrote and then write a 10-page paper about how you're going to improve it using the craft elements of poetry. And my jaw must have dropped. And I was just like, oh, no. Oh, no. Um, but I managed to put it together. And uh, what I found was the writing of jokes and writing of poems, yeah. a lot of overlap. Because you're trying to use really? as few words as possible. Yeah, that's true. You're yeah. trying to use yeah. timing and rhythm. The yeah. only difference the only difference between a joke and a poem is every joke has the same intention, which is you want to make people laugh. That's correct. That's right. the only difference. Right. So I actually went to one of my professors and I was like, you know, I've been doing stand-up comedy. I want to turn in... I'm writing these jokes. I would like to turn them in for credit. And the professor went, but what if they aren't funny? <laughs> and it it struck me so strange well, because yeah. I was like, well, you would never say that somebody's poem isn't beautiful. You That's would never true. use that subjective. You're only giving check marks for the poems anyway. You're not actually grading the poems. poems and so stupid. you know what I did? I went, you're absolutely right. What if they're not funny? You're, I'm just going to turn in the poems. And you know what I did? I took all of my jokes and I just broke them up line by line. Love it. And every time I would pause, that would be a line break. And then I would just turn in my jokes. And you know what the professor said? Ryan, I have to tell you, you're one of our best writers. Really? You're really... See, every, there you go. You have a very distinct voice. All of your poems have like a twist at the end and it's always so funny. And I'm like, yeah, these are jokes you have. <laughs> But he didn't realize. Oh my that. god! No, no he idea. Just didn't realize. That and you were, and you that's were kind of what we talked about earlier. I was like, people do not respect comedians because no, they don't true. really understand what the work is. Yeah, but all true. of a sudden, you just take your work and then you call it poems, and people go, "Oh, this is brilliant it's art." Brilliant stuff. Yeah. And I started just to just to test this theory a little bit more. I started doing poetry open mics in San Francisco, where I would oh go up god. and I would tell my jokes. I love that. But I'd be pretending to read them off of cards, right. and. Uh, Sure enough, people would come up to me afterward. Do you have a book? Do you have? A, we would love to buy your book. You're just so funny. And this one woman I remember specifically, I was like, yeah, I mean, I really like this whole comedy thing. I'm thinking about getting up at the Punchline Comedy Club and just trying some of this stuff there. And you know what she did? She just sneered and went, yeah, you're better than that. 
There you go. Meanwhile, you no, go. no, that's what I've been doing, lady. Yeah, that's what I, I've been doing. It's just your perception of it is no, you bad. you grew up in Texas. Where in Texas did you grow up? El Paso, Texas, so right El Paso, on the border of Juarez. Yeah, right there, right there, the bridge. Did you ever see the show The Bridge? I it was did. a wonderful show. Yeah. I don't know why it only lasted two seasons. It was, uh, Ted Levine was in it. And probably just got expensive. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Great, great show. Because Houston has a wonderful comedy scene, don't they? Uh, I mean, they Houston, used... yeah. I mean, they used to. It was Not anymore. Uh, well, there was a place called the the laugh the laugh stop. Yeah, the laugh Something stop like yeah, it was, was like there Sam for a long Kinnison time, and... and it closed down. Oh, did it? Oh, yeah, okay. it closed down. Unfortunately, I got to work there before it closed down. Oh, did you? But uh, yeah, it shut down, and then the scene you know scenes shift that way. There was really a privately owned club in San Francisco that got bought by Live Nation, who owned the other club. Right. And so now all of a sudden you had a corporation that could kind of make choices to make the most money. Right. And so what ended up happening was instead of having two small clubs that were competing with each other, now you had two clubs that were owned by the same people. Right. And they were just like, great, we own it all now. And uh, that kind of got rocky for the local scene. Yeah, I could yeah. see that. Yeah, yeah, I could see that, absolutely. So why did you pick San Francisco? Just because you liked the town? or I really wanted to... I, I think people think of comedians as very cocky. They think comedians are like, some I'm are, funny yeah. and I'm going to get on stage yeah, and you're going to laugh are. whatever yeah. I say. Whereas a lot of comedians do come from a place of curiosity of like, mm-hmm. well, I think this is funny. I wonder if other people will laugh at it. Right. It's a very, it's a very, you know, just casual place. And you're on stage, you tell the joke, you look around the room, you see who's laughing, you see who's not, right. and you go, oh, that's my answer. You just answered my question. There's no right or wrong here, guys. Right. Um, but I, I didn't have the cockiness to be like, well, I'm clearly a great comedian. I should go straight to Los Angeles. Clearly, I'm 18 years old, and I know everything there is to know about show business. I I should go to New York and just dominate. Instead, I was like, I should go to a small community where I can kind of learn something and develop a little bit under the radar where nobody's going to find me. Mm -hmm. And then we'll move later if people want me to. You know, it was it was kind of a that makes sense. It it was a very conservative approach to a very liberal industry. (laughs) And so uh, that's that's how I picked San Francisco. Plus, my older brother lived in the Bay Area. And, yeah, uh, well, that helps. Yeah, yeah, and just talking about sense. talking about uh, people selling their eight hundred dollar share. <laughs> my my older brother moved uh, in 1992, and he works in software. And he bought a house outside of the Bay Area, you know, in the late 90s. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just found out he's in Indiana this week because he's going to sell his property and just get the hell out just of the Bay Area, make a ton of dough. Yeah, too. he's just going to you know get a plot of land. And, really? Yeah, he's done. But he's going to make a lot of money from that house. I sure. He's he's only he's not even 50, but he's like, I'm retiring. We're done. We're done here. A lot of people. Yeah. A lot of people retiring at 30 now. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was going to be like a lot of these Silicon Valley people. Yeah, those lucky enough to have gotten into Silicon Valley when the, go- the getting was good. The people who got out of Bitcoin in January. What was it? $19,000 per. Yeah. And then it went Could down you a little get bit. Uh, Could you actually get out at 19000 if I would have, I started kind of researching it back in September, and it was about four thousand per Bitcoin, mm, yeah, yeah. and I didn't, I didn't, I didn't get in then. I would have been able to get out at nineteen thousand real quickly. Oh, God. Yeah. So somebody would have purchased. Yeah, and God. I don't know if you heard like war, what Warren Buffett had to say about that. Yeah, but I, he was he, like, "Yeah, this is not. You're not investing. You're speculating. You're speculating. You're speculating right. that some other chump will pay more <laughs> yeah. for your worthless thing." And, I, and now I'm thinking about it. I'm like, well, that's what my older brother did with his house. He was speculating that he would just be able to resell it later for a lot of money. And he was correct. And he was right. Yeah. And you know what? It worked out good. Do your, so that your mathematical mind comes from your father or your mother? 
Uh, my mom was an accountant. My dad was an engineer for General oh, so Motors. Both. Yeah, so both. very, it, very logical people. Everything that you do is mathematical. It seems that way, oh, right? Absolutely. And, absolutely. And it's weird that I'm in a word-based creative job. Very mathematical. And I mean, it all has to add up to something. And people right. have been coming up to me after the shows this week at Acme and just being like, it is amazing how well engineered the whole act is. There it because is. Because they're, they're blown away by the end of the act. They're like, oh, you've been setting this stuff up the whole time. <laughs> oh, there's like That's a good. theme and there's like, yeah. there's meaning to be taken from all this. You're not just some <laughs> telling jokes randomly. Oh, my God. Oh, there's, there's a, it's like so a show. A <laughs> you go, yeah. So yeah, engineering and accountant that that makes total sense to me because of the chess, yeah. because of the poems, because of the comedy. Yeah, it's just the way your brain works. That's a good thing. Yeah, strategize and strategize. you just use the tools you're given, and then you just some people don't though. No, they absolutely don't. They just don't get it. The chess thing that I wanted to get into that I thought was yes. fascinating is I think everybody in America would agree that chess is a, a equal game. A mm-hmm. man and a woman can sit down at the board, yes. and you're yep. not going to be able yep. to guess who's going to win. No. There's no reason to put your money on either one. Right. Uh, black or white, gay or straight, anybody can sit down at the board, and anybody can win. Right. So it's an equal game, right? Equal game. But then when you look at who the top 100 chess players are in the world, wow. people start going, well, it's 99 men and only one woman, so it must be sexist. And also, it's like 50% Eastern European for some reason. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Is, yeah. And you go, look, you know who's going to win the game? The people who practice at it the most. Yeah. That's all it yep, is. That is. It has nothing to do... You can't just look at the outcome and then judge how the game is sexist or prejudiced or whatever, you have to actually look at the game. Because you can't change the game. You have to play the game. Right. Poor perspective. It's phenomenal having you in studio, man. Thank you, I sir. I appreciate your No, time. I'm so glad we did it. Ryan Stout, ladies and gentlemen, at Acme tonight, tomorrow night, 8 and 10.30. RyanStout.com for details. I like it. Yeah. We'll be back. Tom Bernard Show. Best of the Tom Bernard Podcast. If you go San Francisco Coming up next, closing out the show, we're opening up the vault all the way back to episode 215 with Francis DiLorenzo next on the best of summertime will be loving. Francis DiLorenzo is with us. Uh, Francis, by the way, Tony is at the, the Channel 5 studios. He's not here. So. Hi, Franny. Yeah, I, hey, how's it Franny, going? I Good. like that. I know. That was freaking me out because I was looking at whose lips were moving and nobody was. <laughs> well, you and Dan are busy <laughs> drinking, so. Yeah. Friday. Hey, what are you throwing down? I'm a, I'm a cheap date. Guinness and Smirnoff. <laughs> oh, Smirnoff. Nice. Not together. Uh, yeah, the cheap. I, no, yeah, they mixed them. <laughs> the cheap vodka. Is that what it is? Yeah, yeah. Hey, it's in a pretty bottle. Yeah. Is, is, is it good? And it's you raspberry. Know what? It's it vodka does. It and flavor. It tastes like a little soda. It looks like, you know, it's. It was next to all those dark beer bottles, and this one was saying, hey, I'm more girly. Try me. <laughs> Wine cooler. Probably seem very disappointed already. Not at all. Not at all. <laughs> I like the fact that you actually were, were on. 
like schedule. Unlike I, this morning. I know. You were supposed God, to be at you know, nine thirty this morning. You know. Do you want to know something? I felt worst. so bad. I <laughs> I will take that abuse because I was in bed fifteen minutes before I walked in that studio. I didn't not. I don't want to blame anybody, but I did not get notice that I was supposed to. I knew I was supposed to do this. I didn't know I was doing the morning one. Oh, so really? then the phone rang, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Oh my gosh!" So I brushed my teeth. Mm-hmm. The good news is I didn't show up naked. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, not good news for Mordal. I think somebody that was there was in love, though. I can't remember who it was. Where Some, they kept talking about how attractive you were. Did you hear that? Oh, I never take that seriously. Well, they just right? <laughs> Do you? Sure. Seriously, all the time. <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> every time. <laughs> Very Andy seriously. Go? Yeah. Andy just got up and left. I don't no, know they why. were saying that Dave. I, I recognized Dave when I first walked in. Oh yeah. But I was like, do I know him? And then I put it together. He was on Last Comic Standing. And we had right. never met. And I did Last Comic Standing afterwards. So that's why we all of a sudden we were entrenched in this deep conversation. Because I thought what he did was the best of whatever had been on uh, Last yeah, Comic Standing. It was, good. it was the life of comics behind the scenes, you know, off stage, oh. just, you know, being goofy. And then as the show evolved, it was just about us doing stand up on stage again, which of course is our art. But I mean, the, I think what people are intrigued by is like, what do they like off stage behind the right, mic? And that's right. what he did. You know, him and, and uh, who was it? Um, Voss? Rich Voss. Yeah, Rich, Rich Voss, Voss in the bathtub. Who doesn't want to see that? Well, it's very true. <laughs> Plus the fact, I just couldn't wait to see Dad Fan do another impression of his mother. Right. Holy Christ. How many times do we have to see that? Oh, my God. I know. Are you going to alienate yet another potential guest? No. No, I'm just saying, I don't know why it is, and Francis, you can answer this maybe, Mm -hmm. why all Asian men comics have to do an impression of their mother. They all do it. I think they're funny. I don't know, but I thought you were going to go in a totally different direction when you said all Asian men. (laughs) Oh, listen to you. I thought you were just going to go with some other... Generalization. Yes. 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 I was absolutely. Some other racist comments. Could have pissed off as many people as possible. Silly. uh, Or something. Although you know, I suppose they know. What about all female comedians? Uh, You know. Yeah. All female comedians are not funny to Adam Carolla. Why did he say that? Hey, hello. And I did an Adam Carolla show once. Yeah, that kind of. Did he really actually really say, say that? that? I, I don't know. Did he? They say he said that, but I don't think he did. I don't actually. think it was Adam. Well, let me just tell you, I think a lot of people have said it. Really? Yeah. Oh, gosh. They continue to say that, and the, that's absurd. So I think women are hilarious. I personally do. Right. It's like me and like one or other. <laughs> yes, it's just you, Francis. <laughs> just that's you. exactly right. It's just you. <laughs> I know there's another one out my there. My wife and I just, my daughter. No, I believe it. I truly, yeah, exactly. Joan Rivers sometimes right. is funny. Oh, she's, she's very funny. Are you kidding? There's been other, like, Ellen has, no, no, I mean, like, Ellen is hilarious. Yeah, I love I Ellen. Yeah, you don't like oh, Ellen, hilarious. but I think she's hilarious. I used there's, to like Ellen. I love Until Ellen. she claimed that coming out ruined her career. No, it didn't. Are you kidding? Not you in know a what show. I I always say, like, I, I, I was saying that I wish I was, I, I do jokes about being lesbian and I'm not sure. lesbian, but I said I Why wish I... Why are you I, looking at me when you say that? I know what you do. Because <laughs> be like, you look mildly look, like a lesbian town. I, I look a little like, <laughs> a, be like Ellen. We a have the same hairstyle. <laughs> Almost close. <laughs> yeah. Got the blue eyes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Which are bloodshot now because she gave me a new shampoo. She goes, Who yeah. did? Catherine. Okay. Gave you a shampoo? Yeah. Okay. Use a well, shampoo. Like he was complaining, he was complaining right. that his hair is thinning. Which I don't Okay. Like. So you gave him Miracle Grow? <laughs> I did. Yeah, that's it, Francis. This is Miracle Grow. It is. It's some sort of Chinese <laughs> secret 
kind of shampoo that, that right? my hairstylist got together with some Chinese guy and made this shampoo. It's supposed now to work. Now we're back to Chinese again. All those Chinese It really girls is a Chinese guy. Girl. They do. All, all Chinese <laughs> But she said, here, oh, sorry, put did this I in. You? you got put it the, in your eye. Yeah, exactly. Put this in your <laughs> eye. So put this in your hair and then keep it in there for five minutes and That's then rinse what? it out. Yep. I'm like, Three and a half minutes in, I'm like, ah! <laughs> see how red my eyes are. Well, That's of her hair. There's these eyes. things called washcloths, and you can probably what is that what you do with mop it? your whoosh, brow. Whoosh, whoosh. Glad well, like, well, the good news is your eyelashes like look really thick. <laughs> we have very thick eyelashes. The eyebrows are whoa. Yeah, I think so I'm just kidding. They're thick, thick and luxurious. You thick eyebrows. You do have from the shampoo. I got your thick eyebrows. Thank you for that. Like Eugene Levy. The old man. Somebody once, when I was 14 years old, I got my eyebrows waxed for the first time, and the woman said, you have old man eyebrows. When you were 14? 14-year-old girl. I was like, I'm never leaving the house again. I kind of like that. You're the worst person ever. So you put down your cigar. What? Brandon Cotton on the Brandon Cotton said, I'm totally a lesbian. Tom, lesbian, LOL. No wonder I love you so much because you're a woman and I'm a lesbian. It works for it me. Always. Actually, there are probably lesbians that have my voice. Yes. It's very, very similar. What was that show we were watching? Oh, Total Dark. Blackout. Total blackout. The funniest. Wow. There were a couple of lesbians on there that would take down an elk. <laughs> they could. They were huge. Nice. They were so ridiculous. Yes. They won. Seriously. They won the thing, and one of them was like, "No matter what you challenge us to do, we will complete it every time." Like she was yelling, and I'm like, "You okay? We get it. You we have a microphone. That you're <clears throat> yeah. gay, they were, and they were so excited that we wanted them to lose because they were a little too annoying. Yeah, they but were really they won. Annoying. They did win. Now, <clears throat> Francis, I'm going to really piss my daughter off now. Okay. Oh, God. She hates this. Uh-oh. What? Um, Is someone going to call you and then you're going to give the phone to me? I hate Tuesday. that. Was it on Tuesday uh, that Teresa Giudice was yeah. on? Yeah. Yes. Teresa, Teresa Giudice, she's on uh, the Housewives from New Jersey or whatever. Real Housewives oh, was she here? New Jersey. No. Did she call? Yeah, yeah, she was in town, but she was just on the phone. But she liked the fact that I like that where I, this is going. That I could pronounce her name. She liked that. Because okay. most people call her Judice. Ugh. God, I don't know. Judice. Okay. G I U D I C E. And the true pronunciation is, is Judice. 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 You're 100% Italian. How would you not know that? I'm very good with Di Lorenzo. <laughs> <laughs> I've been practicing that oh. one my whole life. Wait a minute. You brought up another family name today. Was it your grandmother? Lograsso. Lagrasso, is that yep. your mother? That is my mother's maiden name. Lagrasso. That's quite an Italian name, right? Do you know what that means? No. You don't know what Lagrasso means? Oh, gosh. What are you going to Where the reveal? hell have you been your whole life, What are you going to reveal? Lagrasso. That doesn't sound good the way you're looking at me. What does well, it we, mean? Do you know we actually own part of a restaurant called Bar Lagrasso. Okay. Okay. It means the fat. Is that right? It's a good fat, though. It's not bad. It's a fat. good fat. Like an avocado. It's like, it's, like uh, it's like the fat of the land, the good land. Like actually, the, the gro- yeah, Lagrasso La would mean the the good. Actually. No, he starts talking about Italian words, and then, and then, then all of a sudden he's waving his hands everywhere. So you notice when Francis sat down, I didn't say, and our special guest, Francis DiLorenzo. I know, I'm very Thank surprised. Lorenzo, that although you I didn't. did pronounce your name correctly too, because your name is not DiLorenzo; it's DiLorenzo. Yeah, well, it's it's an unusual spelling. That's what you're getting at, yeah, because I've got I's instead of E's, which you know I I usually don't make a big deal about it, but uh, whatever. But Google has it wrong. 
Do you know that there there's so many spellings of my name yeah, online that it's annoying, right? Yeah, it's kind of hard to find you without knowing the exact spelling. Well, that shouldn't be that hard. That's Was good that news hard, for really? her. I know, really. Well, if you think it's Francis. Yeah, that, that just made me sad. <laughs> exactly. Drink some more. I thought you were doing I thought I was doing good online. Now you're like, you really? No, you're, you're I can't at find funny, you. At Funny France. Right. Yeah. Well, that's why I always, a lot of stuff I put a uh, Funny Francis, but then apparently there's a cat named Funny Francis. Oh, oh, so, <laughs> I'm competing with a cat. Yeah, see, when you Google Francis de Lorenzo, it's a bishop. Yeah, yes. oh, that's that. right. The tenth, yeah, I believe. So you're spelling with an E, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, De Lorenzo. Mm-hmm. And that, but you know, so now I try to like soak up all versions of my name so that people can find me. Like with my website, I put yeah. in all the different yeah. spellings. Yeah, oh. it's a good idea. Well, the hard part is, first of all, they'll misspell Francis because yeah. everybody goes oh, is. Is. Exactly. Did I just hear something, or is that? Yeah, it's probably that was, Tony. It was like a Tesla coil. Oh. Way to go, Tony. Right. What do I do? You guys know what you're doing. <laughs> That's what I do. <laughs> See, we even have your name spelled properly up there. Where is it? Right oh, look at that. Except for should be a capital then, L. Sorry. Yep. No, it's not a capital L. It isn't. See, oh my God! It's such a. <gasps> it's not. It's not a capital. A lot L. of people will capitalize it because a lot of names are spelled that way. It's just. But see, you did. You got Francis with an E, which is perfect. Now a lot of people don't know this. Francis with an I is man. Yeah. Masculine. Mm-hmm. E is feminine. Not and Sinatra. Then, Oh my god! I just noticed a dog. Bella, what do you think? Dog. Dog. Going to <laughs> it always takes everyone. Your purse is walking. <laughs> what is happening? I was like, how did your purse? <laughs> Actually, we, we got our first two thank is you that letters. Coach. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> it's a coach. No, it's bird. pound. Very, very, yes, it's the shelter. It's mud. It's a new design by Mud. <laughs> Bella, yeah, Alex. Hi, sweetie. There you go. You there gave she it, is. You got an idea. You could start a new purse line called Mutt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I like it, actually. Oh, that oh. is kind of cool. You could just have all kinds of like leftover Uh-oh. scraps you put together, like yeah. part cow, part, <laughs> you know, snake. Oh, that'd be nice. <laughs> Whatever Nothing goes to have. waste. It'd be very cool. <laughs> It's all true. Would it be cool or yes, disgusting? It, w- it would be cool. I don't know about the Casey. Heart dog. It would be great. Bella's right. having so much fun. Ew. Now, where are you from originally? Grand Rapids, Michigan. All right. Westerner, represent. Exactly. But then uh, I grew up in Orange County, California. So we were going back. I thought we were going to have a nice little conversation about the Real Housewives of everywhere. Well, we can. Orange yeah. County. Oh, gosh. Oh, that's right. There are Orange all County crazy. ones, aren't there? I tried to get on that show. You did Apparently, not. I, oh, my gosh. Since you season two. Really? Are you kidding You haven't me? had enough plastic surgery. <laughs> enough. Is your problem. And. Just a bit. You haven't had enough plastic surgery. That's not what I mean. To get on the show. That's not you have done. No. It's kind of like saying to someone, well, you're not that fat. That's not. No. Women on that show. You haven't had enough plastic surgery. I'm not talking to no, the I women on that show have to I'm look like they're OD'd on plastic surgery. <laughs> Never mind. Oh, God, have you seen them? I hear you. I, I knew exactly where you were going, but it's yeah. our job to give you a hard Thank time. You. Why? Does it pay well? Why would you want to be on there? Uh, no, it doesn't pay well. But um, Really? No, I hear it. was Andy. Who said, uh, He's behind the screen. Yeah, there's a lot Stop of people. Stop doing that to me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, is there acid in this little thing here? I'm not well, taking it. We do acid. have Tony, who's not in the room. I know. I'm yeah. slowly she figuring that out. She was already startled by that. Because I heard, I know, and I turn around, and you guys are just 
stoic. Mm. And I'm like, wow, how'd you get that out so fast without any lip movement? Um, so anyway, so what was I going to say? Oh, does it pay well? Yeah, no, yeah. no, it's not about paying well. But in all honesty, the idea of being on episo- uh, an episodic mm-hmm. series is phenomenal in terms of uh, developing your following. And you know what I mean? And what my dream would have been was to be on there and be the sarcastic voice of the audience. I could be the sarcastic down to earth one mm-hmm. and as you know, with the comics mind. Just um, And to be honest, I filmed with them a lot, a lot. And they always cut me out. Cut, 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 cut. And I'll be like, oh my God, there's my elbow. Oh, there's my hair. There's really? Yeah. Why and, uh, do they do that? They want the crazy drama. They don't really want, yeah, I think they yeah. want, they want <clears throat> But isn't it big most boobs, of it scripted? <clears throat> it's anyway? not scripted, but it's forced. Yeah. yeah. When you oh, say yeah, scripted, yeah, it's yeah. not written down, but they'll be like, you know. And you know, all reality, I would say the majority of reality is all like that too. So yeah. it's all given. And these right. women know that if they don't, you know, if they don't keep up the high drama and bring in nasty storylines, mm-hmm. they'll be cut next season. Right. So you're almost forced to do it. Right. And mm-hmm. so then I think if you're smart, what you do is you use that as a platform to build whatever you want to do. Mm-hmm. And for me, that would be I'm a performer. I actually, mm-hmm. that's the aggravating part is all these women are on there. And they don't have any prior skill or what well, – I shouldn't say that. I just probably pissed off a, a bunch of housewives. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> I know what you mean exactly. Oh, God. Well, it was well, like Teresa I mean. has, what, four – Cookbooks Cook out now. She She's got yeah, a hair well, care line. She's smart. She you was on The that. Apprentice. Exactly. So they, yeah, they're all capitalizing Listen. on it hugely. And why not? Hey, I mean, you'd be yeah. foolish not to. Everybody's like, "Oh, look what they're doing." Well, you should, yes. because eventually, yeah, no sooner gonna... or later, that show's not going to be there, and you life must right. go on. Right. So why not build it? You have this excellent opportunity to use it as a way to build a business or brand yourself. That's and true. It's, it's foolish not to. So. I'm sure they all have hidden skills that we have yet to see. So there, I tried to redeem myself. Yeah, it didn't really work. But <laughs> I know, very I would, I'll tell you this, though. It's as bad in, as my plastic surgery. In 10 minutes <laughs> from now, yeah. if you play your card right, cards right and get, just get a little more plastic surgery. I know. <laughs> when Steve Byrne calls, maybe you should be on Sullivan and Son. That's a I good really TV should. show. I should be on something. Cause you should be on Sullivan yeah. <laughs> What on earth will it take? <laughs> really? Nope. I mean, I got the boob job, but this is what it looks like <laughs> during an economic recession. But that's my joke right there. She honestly got... How stupid to, to do a visual joke I'm on a podcast. I'm did smart like that. What? I'm sitting between Francis on my left and Catherine on my right. So I'm sitting here looking at your eyes, and you go, I just got a boob job. And I go... And then my wife's looking at me like, I was not. I put goes, him on display. Look away. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for that. I just looked at your boobs. I think we're in the same category. Really? <laughs> Don't you think so? <laughs> Who is he looking at? <laughs> now Dan's looking at my wife's breast. Thanks, really friends. Bad. Oh, God. So uncomfortable. No. Way to I'm go, friends. Put this blanket <laughs> Yeah, there you go. So, Hi, Andy, what do you think? So, what else shall we talk about? <laughs> Other than everyone's food. We should. How do we transition out of that? <laughs> we Well, we could talk about the fact that your husband's a mutt. You already talked about yeah, that. Yeah, my husband's a mutt. You walked away from your Italian heritage and married a German-Dutch guy. German-Dutch-Mexican-Spanish. Really? Talk about... I mean, he committed to the mutt. Absolutely. He has a mix of everything. Committed That's vast. <laughs> yeah. 
He is a little bit, yeah. And you, he's a type of guy. He's very handsome, dare I say. He is a good-looking guy. But he's one of those people that you look at and you're like, what is he? Yeah. <laughs> and then I swear, I tell him that I believe somebody in his family must have slept with a Japanese person because he's got a little Japanese <laughs> person. And that's not on that list. It's part, not on the list of mutthood. People who are part Mexican sometimes look like that. They really do. I don't know what that is. Isn't that trippy? Um, but his, uh, yeah, his uncles, are, I mean, they almost look Asian, but they claim they're not. Well, Genghis so Khan was all over the place. Who yeah. knows? That's true. <laughs> Where'd you meet the fella? Oh, there's that voice. <laughs> <laughs> God, I thought you were watching when I met him. I can tell you this, actually. Um, actually, her husband was like 20 and she was 11. What? <laughs> well, you were only 16. No, I dated you? him for 16, but I'm like that I was like a nice innocent girl. We like went out to lunch, we held hands. He was 30. He was not. He's 4 years older than I am. <laughs> he was not. That's even that's less an age difference than you and mom. Yeah, that's yeah. half the mom age difference. Mom was not 16. Oh, yeah, let's bring it back I'm to your family. Yeah. Yeah. Take the pressure <laughs> off of me for a minute. We're 4 Francis, years old. That's a perfect yes. perfect. Cuz I grew good. up Roman Catholic. Right? Me too. Well, you're Italian. That's of course, a you have you're to. A, you're Irish Catholic, Catholic aren't you? But when I met, <laughs> yes, when I met Catherine, I was 29 and she was 21. Oh, perfect. Now, our daughter, when she was 21, there is no goddamn way I would let her date a 29 year old guy. Isn't it crazy? <laughs> it's I hypocritical. Know. She had been out of the house for four years and yes. stuff. I was That's way more true. independent than she was at 21. I Thank you, say. Mom. Why am I here today? Why do I show up? It's what are you a, talking about? I'm saying it's a bad thing. Better than you were. I didn't say better. <laughs> Did I say better? I was, I was smarter yeah. and much more attractive. Well, that's all true. <laughs> than you were at 21. So that's why it worked out. It all worked out in the end. But yeah, so I mean, that's kind of hypocritical. But you know what? I think uh, I think that happens to a lot of parents. I mean, you look back and you're like, oh my God, what was, you know what I mean? And I, you know, and like when I say dating, again, I was a very nice girl, grew up in a very strict traditional household so mm. when i say i dated him at 16 it was more like you know i went out and we had lunch and you know this kind of stuff but it wasn't like you know a heavy relationship but the boy liked me is the point he just liked me in my orange <laughs> polyester smock very close to Home Depot. do you guys i don't know if you guys know jemco out here did you ever hear of jemco i think it yes, was more what i've heard of jemco that's where i met him it was the Good. it was pre-target it was the original yeah you should never tell someone that you met a mexican guy while wearing a home depot smock <laughs> That's not a good idea. He helped carry this stuff in my She car. can build the casita. He was in the back of a pickup truck going to work. And he whistled at me. And I jumped in. So romantic. And then we went and mowed the lawn. What? I am so going to get in trouble. Your children, your children are German, Dutch, Spanish, Mexican, and Italian. And a lot and of Italian. Perhaps a little Asian. And perhaps <laughs> you never know. She has two boys. I haven't shared that with them yet. They're young boys. Yeah, they're great, and they are doing stand up. Let's talk about that for what? a minute. What? Absolutely. At, at, yes, at nine and ten, they have already performed on a Saturday night in Las Vegas, and they are funny as hell. Can I tell you that? Yes. Is so yeah. I'm doing a bragging. I'm doing. I'm being Kathy Lee Gifford here for a minute, but uh, I can't. You're not help. drunk yet. <laughs> I'm working on it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's late. What are they talking about? 27. Yeah, yeah. 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 Yeah.
<laughs> That's all it takes. That's nice to know. Wait, we don't want to. We don't want to piss off Smirnoff either, do we? It's great stuff. Well, that's why I said that's all it takes. I'm I'm almost down the neck of the bottle. Boy, well, that sounded weird. <laughs> that, that, that sounded really weird, actually. So let's get back to your children doing stand up, shall we? Yeah, my kids, they're so cute. So I wrote them a bit. So actually, when I was doing stand-up just for fun, I, you know, every once in a while I'd have my little boys with me and I'd bring them out for a minute and, hey, because i do all the bits about my kids. Mm-hmm. And the audience would be like, oh, they're so, that's so cute. And then I started asking them little questions. And then I kind of thought, I looked back and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm kind of killing the rhythm here, you know, because I was doing interview style. I'd ask them a question, I wrote a little funny joke and they'd say it. And I'm like, but it's kind of, the rhythm is slow. So I was like, you know what, you guys, I'm going to just leave. And leave you guys on stage. And my younger one is like, no, I really like it better when you're up there and stuff. But I did. I gave them two mics. And then all of a sudden, the chemistry between them was just amazing. Very innocent, age-appropriate, very Smothers Brother-ish. And so I, one just, stupid and one smart. That's really nice. That's nice of you, Francis. I won't say which is one. <laughs> yeah, it's really in my great. journal. You can read about it. You know, i got to tell you, the youngest is kind of Tommy Smothers like. <laughs> and I do like one better than the other. Well, but, um, just kidding. I understand. <laughs> totally kidding. What are their names? Jesse and Riley. Jesse and Riley. Jesse's nine. Jesse's the older one. He's ten. Oh, he's ten. Okay. And Riley's the younger one. And he's nine. And the funny thing is my younger one is now taller than my older one. Oh. So there's the part what of the funny with where the they... gene pool. Is that, is that what it is? Yeah. You never know what's going to happen. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's true. Yeah. That's it's all over point. the place. That's a very good point. Well, my husband's a tall guy, too. I think they'll both be tall, but clearly one's going to have to be taller than the other. Not, not clearly. Well, I, could... I mean, what are the odds that you're going to be exactly the same height? As your siblings. Are you guys the same height? No. Well, we're a boy and a girl, though. Dan has a twin brother. They're not the same height. He's got about two, three. Identical twins? No. No. Fraternal. Oh, okay. See? So, I I mean, you know, I look at my, I'm tall. My sister's short. There's two tall siblings and two shorter siblings. So, and it's like boy, girl, boy, girl, too. And it doesn't matter. One, a boy and a girl ended up on the taller side and a boy and a girl Mm. ended up on the shorter side. So, I mean, I'm just saying what are the odds are going to be exactly the same. Yeah, like, Dad, you're... A, you're a giant in Amazon compared yeah, to all your siblings. I'm like at least right? five inches taller than my brother. Really? Yeah. Well, your brothers are also yeah. all about the same height. Yeah, they are. You're the, like the, the, other t- you're yeah. the tall one, and they're all the same. Right. right exactly. Turned out so tall. Wow. I willed myself to be taller so I could protect myself. Isn't that interesting? That's what I tried to do, and it didn't work. A bunch of didn't work. That is. What? I willed myself to be taller. <laughs> I thought I'd throw it out there and see, see what happened. Crap test. The wife it's knocks it down at parts. Archie Bunker would say, well, I'm lucky to have you around to keep me from having fun. Yes. But, you, know. you are. <laughs> yes, you are. Thank you. You know, I, I did like that, by the way, when you came into the room at first. Francis walked in the room and sat down with the family, and she looked at Catherine and looked at me and said, so <laughs> you're too married tonight? Yeah, so I, I noticed that. I didn't really know. I no, was I trying to put together the dynamic. Well, you walk in a room and you're not quite exactly sure. No. Yeah. What's How would you know? I don't know. No, you kind of gave it You guys are a lovely you. couple, though, and you're... Nice you know, try. Don't try to make not, up for it now. I'm like, seriously. <laughs> We're okay, lovely, I know it's going to sound We're like lovely. I'm kissing up. What a fun little dynamic. I was it thinking. Is, it's a ball doing this. Seriously. You should do a podcast with your kids. You'd love it. <gasps> I never thought about that. You That's should. brilliant. What's your husband's name? 
Lee. So do Van Lee. Norman, by the way. Lee Van Norman. You want to know my real legal name? Francis DiLorenzo Van Norman. Try getting on an airplane with that name. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. I suppose, yeah. It, it's on my driver's license, and it's like hyphenated in the middle of Van Norman, so they think my middle name is DiLorenzo Van Nor. They call me Norman. It, nobody knows. It just never. It. It, no, it just never stops. So Van Norman is Dutch. Uh, yeah. I think okay. so. Well, that would make sense. Is that That's the right part of him? Sounds right. Yeah. <laughs> yes, that's the right part of him. There's no question yeah. about that. It's the yeah. right part of him. Yeah, I suppose. That, yeah, I, I, you know, some people do hyphenate name. And don't do that. I, well, it's too late now, and I'm. We didn't you know, hyphenate it, did you? I did. Oh, did you? I'm then legally you, you Francis hyphenated De Lorenzo. I thought it was a brilliant solution at the because I'm like, well, I can keep De Lorenzo for performing, and then I can still use Van Norman legally because mm-hmm. I do want to take on his name. And then, you know, try this. Like, you go, you know, and it worked out perfect because whenever I did something personal, I was Van Norman. Whenever I did something professional, I was DiLorenzo. But now, like, with my kids, I'll walk in, like, to doctor's office or something, and I'm like, I'm Francis D- uh, Van Norman. <laughs> and I know that they think I'm, like, totally an identity theft. Like, I don't know who I am this right, week. Right. I just well, stole someone's Italian. license. <laughs> well, that's like that's when- Sicilian, no less. Oh, that's no, right. You're Sicilian. I forgot. Oh, that's right. Just just go in there and say, I'm the only Francis that spells her name F-R-A-N-C-E-S. Right. There is the, <laughs> I'm the know. only one. I'm the only that's one. That's me. And I'm, and I'm not quite sure how to one. spell my last name. I'll have to look it up online. <laughs> well, we hyphenate our last name. <laughs> yeah, we're legally. hyphenated. No, yeah. you're actually not, not hyphenated. hyphenated. You're not hyphenated. Legally, you didn't have a hyphen. Really? You just ran it together. Oh, well, in the bank. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> what, what, what do you mean you ran it together? What, Her last name is Brandt and my last name is Barnard. So she you didn't did like it. Brant Bernard. She Brant. didn't like Bernard. But with no space in between? No. It's supposed you made to be it one, one word? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's weird. But it's, it's it, supposed it, to be. They did it wrong. So your last name is actually Bernard. Because they did it wrong. Isn't that funny? Like, I found my... Uh, what did I Mom's right? like, they did not do it wrong. <laughs> You're losing your mind. They did. Sometimes they would do that. Like, I was going to say, I think I found my birth certificate. And after all, I'm never had her admitted this anywhere. But I swear to God, I don't know if I really spell my name correctly. Cause I, oh, that's great. That's wonderful. I found my birth certificate. And I was just like, is there an Ian DiLorenzo after all? And I asked my dad. And my dad's like, eh. They typed it wrong. <laughs> and they just, I'm like, seriously? So am so I? your legal oh, name is on your birth certificate, right? I and also you would think, think so. Yeah. We just found out that Francis's <laughs> father is Joe so Pesci. So what? And <laughs> <laughs> hey, don't worry about it. Don't but worry. Yeah, Pain totally like, oh, you know, I'm like, okay, so you did, you noticed this and you didn't bother to tell them they mistyped my birth certificate. <laughs> We were tired. We were tired. Your mother yeah. was pushing all night long. <laughs> that works. That works. That'll do it for this episode as well as this building. Goodbye, 708 North 1st Street. It's been real on this episode of the Best of the Tom Bernard Podcast. Brought to you by Brad Shaw and Bryant. Great clips this week from Adam Hunter, Ryan Stout, and Francis DiLorenzo. Thanks for listening, everybody, and we will see you next week. Oh, so-